where was I? Um, our daily bread and... Um, come on, uh, come on. I'm really enjoying this. Let's get to the rest of the prayer. Uh, Lord, you know, this is kind of dragging on. Maybe we could just take a break and... Th- we just you know, broke for a week. Huh? Nothing. Just a little space-time continuum humor. Go on. Okay, okay. Um, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What and- about Gina? Oh, man. I knew you were going to say that. Good. So you've had time to think of an answer. Look, you know all the cra- crafty things that she's done to me. I mean, am I just supposed to forget about it? I don't know. How do you want your forgiveness? With or without forgetting? Oh, what? Oh, come on. I'm... You know she's not the least bit sorry. And she treats me like that all the time. I mean, how many times is a person supposed to forgive? Hey, Peter, you want to answer this one? Seriously, God? You know, enough's enough. Whatever you say. Oh, I hate it when you do that. What? Oh, that clever little double entendre thing. Okay. What, what do you mean by whatever I say? Well, it's up to you. It's a customized package. Right now it's, I forgive you for everything, as long as it's not a repeat offense and you apologize first. What? As you forgive, so you are forgiven. You said it. Oh. Did I mean it? One can only assume. I don't know. I mean, I can try to forgive her, but, well, what if I can't pull it off? Hey, love to see you try. Tell you what, you do your best, and I'll do mine. Well, okay. And don't worry. My best is really good. (laughs) Yeah, so I heard. Forgiveness. It is a rather crucial element, isn't it, of being a Jesus follower? It really is a privilege of mine to have spent this week and some time previous just thinking about forgiveness. It was inspiring to consider just what came to my mind as I considered those fellow followers of Jesus who had exhibited, shown, had acted out Christian forgiveness to those that had harmed them. One was quite obvious, given that this is the weekend that we celebrate the birth of Martin Luther King Jr., one who was beaten, imprisoned, whose family was threatened over and over again, whose house was bombed, whose friends were murdered, and yet he never, he pursued acting out of love. 
never out of vengeance. A great example of Christian forgiveness. Remembered the, the women whose husbands, brothers, were killed as they were trying to take the gospel to the Aka Indians, the now Wyoming Indians, and Jim Elliott, Pete Fleming, Ed McCulley, Nate Saint, who were killed taking the gospel to the Wadani, Warani Indians. And yet, Nate Saint's sister, Rachel, and Jim Elliott's wife, Elizabeth, didn't let the murder of their husbands stop them from continuing to pursue God's dream of taking the gospel to the Warani. Corey Tinboom, who in Nazi Germany was physically, sexually abused, saw her sister abused and then murdered in front of her face. And yet, years later, the very guard who committed those atrocities against her met her after she preached a sermon in order to ask for her forgiveness, to which in God's power she gave. Ruby Bridges came to mind. Remember her? She was immortalized by the uh, by a painting. I want to say Norman Vincent Peale, but that's not right. Norman Rockwell <laughs> painting. She was a little girl who integrated the schools in Arkansas had a gauntlet to walk through as she went to school, her first day of grade school, where mothers were calling her names, saying they were going to poison her food. And Ruby Bridges, as she walked up the steps to her school in Little Rock, stopped at the top and just stayed there for a moment and then walked in. Ruby Bridges, who refused to eat any food that wasn't totally packaged because the threats that the mothers gave to her as she walked into school, would only eat potato chips because they were totally enclosed, was asked, what would you do when you stopped that first day? Because I prayed for all those people that were yelling at me. Because Jesus tells me to pray for my enemies. Out of the mouth of babes. What powerful expressions of forgiveness. And then most recently, the wives of both Tilman Geski and Najati in Turkey, who were just last April murdered, for sharing the gospel. Suzanne and their three young children stayed in Turkey instead of returning to their home in Germany so that they could continue to carry the gospel to the Turks. They made a public statement of forgiveness as well as Semsi, who is Turk, a 
Turk Christian and uh, the wife of Najati and their children, Alyssa and Esther, made a public statement of forgiveness about those that took the life of their husband, of her husband and their, their father. And Semsi even says, I've not been able to do this. It's been Christ, a miracle from God. That's where it comes from. The power to forgive. It comes from God. How in the world are these people from Dr. King to Rachel Saint to Ruby Bridges to Corey Tinboom to Semsi? How are they able to forgive such horrific crimes against them? How are we able to fulfill what we pray? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I invite you to turn with me to page 800 in your pew Bible. Matthew chapter 19. Starting with verse 23. Gives us a little insight into the reality of the the power of this limitless forgiveness just to set the scene verse 21 Peter comes to Jesus and asks him Lord if another member of the church sins against me how often should I forgive as many as seven times and Jesus said to him not seven times but I tell you 77 times and then Jesus launches into this parable starting with verse 23 of Matthew 18. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your word written and the truth, the freedom that your word brings from those enemies or the works of the enemy that can keep us, that can prevent us, that can block us from walking the narrow path of following Jesus. Show us the way. Free us up. Give us the faith to follow Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Here's Jesus' parable. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who who owed him a hundred denarii. 
And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. It's one of those times when Jesus just seems to go off the deep end in making his point, huh? Look at the, the picture, the, the Texas size picture of forgiveness that he gives to us here. Just where are the limits? They can't be found. In the first part, of, of as the king forgives the slave, make no mistake, the king represents God and the slave represents any of us. And we, like that slave, come before the king with a need that is impossible to fill. A debt that is impossible to pay. I mean... It's been estimated that the number that he, he gives here of 10,000 talents is close to or exceeds the amount of currency that was in print at the time or that had been stamped or been made. It was more money than existed. Some say that the amount is 10 times that what anyone would ever be able to earn in their lifetime. Other theologians and historians say, no, it's more like a thousand times. Well, you know, it doesn't matter at some point. It's sort of like those times when the judge gives somebody two, two life sentences. Uh, how's he going to pay the second one? It's impossible. It is mind-boggling. Zillions of dollars. There's absolutely no way this slave can ever pay back the king. And friends, that is you and me before our Creator. God in His purity, in His righteousness, in His goodness, in His love, cannot, cannot have an ounce, a smidgen, a piece of impurity of wrong, of evil, of hatred. Not a little dust mite piece of it can enter into the purity and holiness of God. As the writer of Hebrews says, our God is a consuming fire. Anything that would come into God's presence that is, is not of, of pure, righteous love 
would be destroyed, consumed. So none of us deserve to be in God's presence. None of us have the right. We all deserve God's righteous judgment. Eternal damnation. And so we, like the slave, on our knees, come begging. Forgive us. Forgive us, God. Just out of Your mercy, out of Your grace, we bring nothing. Only the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ enables us to even enter into our Creator's presence. He and He alone, as we recite every time that we gather and offer our forgiveness and offer our repentance and receive God's forgiveness in Christ. The, The psalmist put it so well. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Every time that we gather, those words are on our mouth. Bless you, Lord, for you forgive all. And you know, this is an important realization that the Greek word, the Hebrew word, the Aramaic word, every one of them, for all, means all. Everything is forgiven in Jesus Christ. To which we add nothing. To which we do not add one iota. We simply receive the grace and mercy of God. It's been a privilege for me just on a few occasions to be able to share that grace of God the the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ with somebody who'd never heard it before. And one was playing basketball a few years ago with Matt. And Matt and I developed a relationship. Matt grew up in Mobile, Alabama. that's, That's not the buckle of the Bible belt. I don't know what is. But as a sign of the times, he was unchurched. Really didn't know the gospel. Interestingly enough, that most folks who are unchurched, who are pagan, if they're, if they're going to say there's a God, they do know inside of them that, the, that God is, is love. You know, that's interesting. They, they do recognize that there's something of, of mercy, there's some kind of grace, there's, there's, there is a sense of a loving God. And, and Matt believed that. Matt had a really tough day. He had stolen some money from a relative in order to pay some bills and got caught. And... I mean, he was very distraught, just having to ask, so how you doing? And then three hours later, we left together. But in the course of that three hours at the, on the gym floor at the downtown Y, had the privilege of sharing with Matt the parable of the prodigal son. 
And I turned to Matt. You know that parable, the prodigal son? No, I don't. Let me tell it to you. And, And as I told him that story, that was one of the most perfect illustrations of God's limitless grace, he looked at me and said, Wow, you mean God just wants me to come home? Matt, you got it. So come home. For every one of us that call us, that call ourselves Jesus followers, we're no different than Matt. Simply heard the call. That limitless grace of God that said, come home. And we came home. It's really hard for me to grasp that. Maybe it is for you too. Really hard for me to grasp that I don't do anything. That I simply receive. That God is simply that loving and and that gracious that He gives us forgiveness. He pays the price. And maybe I've shared with you before, one of my spiritual disciplines is when I'm in the shower or shaving or brushing my teeth, which I do at least one of those every day. I consider that as whatever is being cleansed, is I give my very soul to God, cleanse me the same way. You know, wash me, brush me. Cut it away. And God does. I remember one time while taking a shower particularly that uh, the sense of sin that I will not share with you right now, but God knows and, and I know, came over me. And as the soap was being rinsed down and going down the drain... Such a freedom and an unbelief. I mean, I even got down on my knees in the shower and looked down the drain because it was gone and I couldn't get it back even if I wanted to. And that's what the forgiveness of God is. That it's gone. Forgotten. And even if I want to get my guilt back, I can't. That's how powerful is His grace. I shared that one time at a, a Curcio retreat, Presbyterian Curcio retreat. And one of the individuals there was a, a, a budding songwriter. And she took the song, There's Power in the Blood. You know, there's power, power, power. She took that song and wrote about the shower. How do you think you'll get rid of your sin? There's grace in the shower. God has the power. Jesus can cleanse you outside and within. Come clean and get into the shower. Take a shower, shower, get into the shower. And the sin goes down the drain. Take a shower, shower, get into the shower. And the sin goes right down the drain. 
Quite uh, clever she was. There's even more verses, but I'll spare you. (laughs) But do you recognize just how much our forgiveness is God's gift to which we add nothing? Our giving adds nothing. Our ministry Our family, our attendance here, the energy we give, the wisdom we bring, the traditions we've developed, the new ways we explore, our renewed right focus doesn't add anything. Nothing. I've heard it many times. There is nothing that can add God's love for you and there is nothing you can do to diminish it. And it is absolutely essential that that is the foundation that we recognize and receive God's forgiveness to us, totally free and totally given to us. Nothing added, nothing deserved. And if we don't, that must be understood before then we can pray the second part of the prayer. We must understand God's forgiveness to us so that then God's forgiveness can flow through us. And they are directly tied to one another. There is no such thing as one without the other. If you don't have one, then you really don't have the other. And Jesus is clear about that. Even back in the Lord's Prayer, the the phrases, the sentences right after in Matthew 6... If you look back at Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Paul says it this way. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Now, I want to let that sit, just for a minute. Because I know we're uncomfortable with that. Sounds like, sounds like that's a condition of our own forgiveness. That we've got to forgive others in order to earn God's forgiveness. It's just the opposite of what you said. Now, it's made clear it's not a condition. Our forgiveness of others is not a condition upon which God forgives us, it's a consequence. Our forgiveness of others is a direct consequence of God's forgiveness of us. And if we are unable to forgive others, then what it means is we haven't truly received the fullness of God's forgiveness for us. This is hard stuff. Here's what Dr. King says about forgiveness. 
Forgiveness does not mean ignoring what has been done or putting a false label on an evil act. It means rather that the evil act no longer remains as a barrier to the relationship. Praise the Lord. That's the forgiveness that God has for us. Forgiveness is a catalyst creating the atmosphere necessary for a fresh start and a new beginning. It is the lifting of a burden or the canceling of a debt. The words, I will forgive you, but I'll never forget what you've done, never explain the real nature of forgiveness. Certainly one can never forget, if that means erasing it totally from his mind. But when we forgive, we forget in the sense that the evil deed is no longer a mental block impeding a new relationship. Likewise, we can never say, I will forgive you, but I won't have anything further to do with you. Forgiveness means reconciliation, a coming together again. Dr. King realized, he took Jesus' words literally on this one, that the same forgiveness God gives to us God enables us to give to others no matter what they've done. That is God's gift to us in every way. Both giving, forgiving. Both forgiving and giving, forgiving to us. As I've shared with you, my little hand motions for the Lord's Prayer. Last week, when I I pray, give us this day our daily bread. I hold my hands out to receive what God has for me that day. And then I move to the cross. Forgive us our debts. And there, I wait. And I, I put Jesus on the cross again. In my mind, I I go back to that day and visualize Jesus on the cross for me. And me at the foot of the cross begging for His forgiveness. Forgive us this day and then as we forgive our debtors. And then I join with Him. On the cross. I think that's what Paul is talking about when he talks about us joining in with Christ's sufferings. You know, Romans 8, that passage we love so much, where we cry, Abba, Father, because that's the spirit of adoptions within us. You know, it's that very spirit, this is Romans 8, verse 16. It's that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, If, in fact, we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Forgiveness is free, but it costs a lot. In fear and trembling, I I join with Him. We join with Him in His sufferings as we grant allow to pass through us God's forgiveness to others. Now what I want to do this morning, instead of having healing stations, I want to have a forgiveness station. 
There may be some here who have never asked for God's forgiveness. Been going through the motions, or you've been searching, you've been seeking, or God brought you in here just for today. And just like the slave, you recognize your own brokenness, your own sin, your fallenness. And today is the day for you to fall on your knees and and receive that forgiveness. There may be others of you. You've asked, you've received, but the, the guilt within you it is so great, you just don't feel it. And, and you want to pray with somebody, have someone pray with you, for you, that, that, that would be real and you would experience again that cleansing forgiveness that comes only from God. Well, there may be some here who need God to forgive through you. You need forgiveness from God in order to pass it on to another. You have within you a hatred, an anger, a bitterness that just keeps hanging around. And you can't let it go. It may even be you need to forgive somebody who's dead. It may be you need to forgive somebody that's not repentant. You need to join with Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. It may be that someone has committed against you or a loved one a heinous evil. This many people, I'm I'm sure, there are people that have been victimized in that way. And there may be some who need to pray with another that God would enable you to forgive and to let go, to take the next step. You see, what's important, what's absolutely essential, if you're unable to forgive, stop trying to forgive. It's not a matter of trying harder. It's not a matter of a new technique. Don't beat yourself up. Run as fast as you can to the cross. Run to Jesus. If you can't forgive, don't try harder. Don't beat yourself up. Don't find some new technique. Just run to Jesus. Receive His forgiveness. Let His grace and mercy and love rush over you and through you. Let Him do the changing inside of you. Let Him take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Fall down before Him in utter shame with nothing to bring. Be honest with yourself and with God and there receive His forgiveness. What I'm going to do is ask the elders to go now to the prayer room. Make your your way into the prayer room there and throughout the rest of the service. Got a a video in place and go ahead and musicians can get in place and those that are taking up the offering. 